With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time, fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for X and O Quick Hits. Going to talk a little film with my buddy Joe Blewett of JetsXFactor.com, the host of Blewett's Blitz. Let's talk a little offensive line, Joe. Some new faces this year. One of them is George Fant. He's been a bit controversial among Jets fans because of the fact that he hasn't been a full-time starter and he's been kind of uneven. He's also a little old for somebody that's still, I guess you would call him a developmental tackle because he's 28 years old. Tell me a little bit about what you saw when you watched the tape. There is the narrative going around that he's an ascending player, that he's on the rise, that he's gotten better and better, and that maybe the Jets are getting somebody who, even at this late age, could bloom into to a pretty good tackle. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I, I think if there's somebody who's created that narrative, it's probably me, Scott. Uh, <laughs> and you know, you know, there's players that I, you know, that I'll call out, like, you know, Greg Dorch last year, and even to see if people might love to my, you know, if you, if you go number one, you're wrong. You know, I'll, I'll say that, or whoever may be, um, I'm not afraid to criticize players. Um, but, with Fant, I am I'm higher on him than than fans are. When I saw him signed, as the I, I think he was the Jets' very first signing. So you saw a couple of guys go off the board, you know, whether it be Conklin or Glasgow or whoever it was, and then you see George Fant, and you're like, who? You know, like who the hell is this guy? So everybody was a little bit disappointed. Nine million dollars, like, okay, who? You know, what the hell is going on? I turned on the tape, and admittedly. I said to everybody that I first saw on the tape, I was like, you know, oh shit, the Jets are screwed here. Like this is this guy is not good. But then from from eighteen to mid nineteen to the end of nineteen, I think he took real steps in the right direction. And then looking into his background of him not getting a ton of starts, uh, being a backup, you know, playing tight end in college and transitioning to tackle at the NFL level, um, it made a little bit more sense. And he's not a guy who's a corner or receiver or a, um, you know, a running back where he, you need that athleticism. Once the guys get to 29 years old, it gets a little bit concerning, 28, 29 years old, depending on your mileage. So um, I think he does have the room to keep developing. Um, so, you know, he could be a solid player for another four or five years easily, obviously, if he, if he keeps taking steps in the right direction. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was really the, the reason I'm positive, so positive on him is the steps that I, I see, I saw him take. How quickly he did was it was impressive. I watched the games that he started um, from the end of 18 uh, to 19. He's playing against Cleveland to you know the, the end of, of 2019 where he was you know playing Nick Bosa and playing uh, you know the Ravens get a really good game. The Eagles get a better game. So there was definitely some positives. Now getting into like the strengths and weaknesses, um, he's a guy who fits the Jets' offensive line system pretty well in terms of being a more zone guy than a power guy, counter guy, uh, ISO guy, gap scheme guy. Because um, he definitely moves well, six five, three twenty two. Um, so he has the requisite size that you that you want. Um, I would say his overall athleticism is is really really impressive. The Jets are super athletic at tackle, um, so that's a positive. He has good length. Um, his feet are really, really quick, really, really smooth, which you'd anticipate for a guy who, who was a tight end. Um, so the, the foot speed is a definite positive. The speed in the open field, whether it be on a dart run, which is basically just like a power, uh, but with a pulling tackle now instead of a guard, um, sweeps, screens, he has the ability to, to, to lead in the open field because he's definitely one of the faster offensive linemen I've seen. Um, acceleration, the loose tips, the lateral stop start, you know, some things you're hearing about uh, corners, you're hearing from him as well. Um, they're they're, they're you know, necessary for all positions. Um, strength, I think, when he gets his hands in the proper place is definitely a, a plus. Um, he has confidence in his movement ability. Um, for sure, there's there's one play uh, I'm remembering specifically in terms of his, his strength and the uh, movement ability where there was like a wide nine technique and he was uh, tasked with kicking him out and he takes a, a gallop technique, um, which I'm not going to go into explaining, but it, it's used to cover ground quickly. Um, and you have to have a lot of faith in yourself to do it and line it properly. And he covers ground real, real quick and absolutely trucks the linebacker, like highlight play sports center top 10 type stuff. So that was nice to see um, from him. His anchor is good. Um, for a guy who's athletic, his anchor is definitely good when he has to, when he's asked to anchor down versus guys who are rushing against him who are a little bit bigger or who, who do bull rush him. Um, in pass protection, he takes short, choppy steps and balanced steps, um, which allow him to change direction quickly, which is a positive, which all these things I'm talking about were things that were worse in 2018 that took steps up in 2019. Uh, good balance in pass sets, the requisite knee bend you want. Um, he showed ability to be a, an effective guy on combos. Um, so these are all strengths that, I'm, that, that come to mind when I'm thinking about fans. And these are all things that, again, progress from 18 to the end of 19. Now, with the strengths I'm about to list, I mean, the weaknesses I'm about to list, these are all things that were really prominent in 2018 and started to lessen in, in 2019. So just for, you know, to, to, uh, to preface the, the, the weaknesses and the strengths, um, with that, I, I think it's necessary because all these things diminish a little bit um, for the weaknesses. Um, I think his hands are too low, low on one block. Uh, he gets with his chest too often, which was still prominent, uh, you know, weakness at the end of at the end of 19 as well, where he tends to load up uh, into his punches, where his his arms and his elbows flare backwards, uh, opening up his chest, and a guy will splash him, get into his chest before he can get hands on. Um, so you want to see him play, you know, more from the hip, more playing on guard. Um, which is your hands basically just kind of kind of just being active near your belly button, lower chest area, um, just like a box. Like that's the, that's the way it's easy to compare it um, over just uh, you know talk right now, and not showing it. You know, a boxer. I think I think a boxer 
having his hands down by by his thighs and trying to punch a guy versus a boxer having his hands where they're supposed to be in a, in a normal box, boxing stance and trying to punch a guy. Like one's going to have more power and be quicker where one's not. So I want to see him have uh, more consistent hands on guard. I want to see him change up his pass sets a little bit. There's too often where he 45 degree sets where he should vertical sets. So I think he needs a better understanding of um, of his pass set angles. Um, there's times where he opens up his hips a little bit too soon. Um, and, and, and in the pass game, there are times where in the run game, um, as the primary blocker on a combo block, he has a tendency to not cover the gap like he should, um, where he won't cover the gap with his hips. And you don't cover the gaps with your hips, and the guy's going to stri- uh, scrape it over top of you. Now he's just working past your arms instead of your hips, where you generate the power through your, tor- uh, through your, through your trunk, into your, into your torso, into your arms, and he's working against your full body when you don't cover gaps. And now you're just working against arms. And I don't know about you, Scott, but if you're trying to, for, you know, use your force in something really heavy, um, if you are just trying to, you know, let's 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 basically put it like this: if you're trying to uh, work against the weight, and that weight is, you know, 200 pounds, and you have to hold that weight up, would you rather do it having it on your shoulders, using your full body, and having your legs under you, or would you rather hold that weight up doing like a, a lateral raise and just using your shoulder? You know, like there's a difference. Uh, you want to use that full body into box. So he, I need to see him, him do that. Um, other than that, for the weaknesses, things that come to mind, I, I, like I said, punching too wide, punching too um, high at, at times comes up. There's times he reaches for blocks. He'll do a little bit of the waist bending. Um, his angles to the second level sometimes are um, need to be more anticipatory of where the defender is going, not where he is. So there's sometimes his angles um, should be a little bit more smart going to the second level. Um, other than that, there's really nothing that's coming to the top of, of my head um, that I can think about in, in his weaknesses. But I think that's a relatively good summary of the player he is. But again, the strengths that I listed became more strengths in the end of 19 as, as he progressed and the weaknesses became less. So um, the progression was a real big positive of what I saw from him. And it and it lines up. It's not, it's not like a guy who who had 60 starts um, and just had a, a flash of a couple games out of 19. It was a guy who was limited starting um, and then started to to progress as he got more starts, even, even though with, with him being 28 years old, that, that still stands. So um, I'm definitely excited for him. Uh, now, is he going to be the long-term future right tackle of the Jets for the next five years? No, I'm not saying that. But I think he has a much better chance to be that that other Jets fans think he he uh, that that he has, and, and if he can be average, you could get away with an average player or two. Like let's say the Jets, you know, they they have a really good left tackle in Beckton. McGovern's above average center. Let's say Clark turns out to be a really good left guard, or or you know they draft another one um, who's a really solid left guard, and then whoever the right guard is is a decent starter. Like you can get away with a decent player or two in the offensive line, so you don't need to have all superstars. So I think he has the ability to be that average type guy um, and get more consistent. So uh, again, I'm probably the highest of other others on George Fant, and I think it's because people heard George Fant, they typed in PFF, they don't know who he is, so he's trash. But once you actually kind of hear his backstory and you watch the film, uh, I'm definitely one of the guys who is higher on him. Again, I don't want people to misconstrue that with, oh, I think Fant is going to be a pro ball, uh, pro ball right tackle. I don't, um, but. At the same time, like I said, I think he could be an average starter, which I, I think is a good deal uh, for nine-ish million dollars that it's going to be per year for what he's been for like three years. So, um, 
I have more faith in that signing than, than Douglas. Uh, I mean, than, than fans do. I think I agree with what Douglas is seeing now. If he was terrible, I would say he's terrible. You know, um, but that's just my you know my honest thoughts on the guy. So you think there's a decent likelihood that he's going to be an average-ish tackle, but he does have a higher ceiling than that, right? There's a possibility that he could really bloom, which is probably what Joe Douglas was thinking when he signed him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I said, it all, it all depends. Like, um, if your expectation for him is to be a pro bowler, then no, that shouldn't be your expectation. Could that happen? I, I think I think yes, because that that comes with um, that comes with traits. Like, if you're if you're foot speed is not good or you don't have the requisite strength and know you're never going to be a pro ball guy. So there's reasons where like I said, Andrew Thomas is safe, but never going to be a top notch tackle. It's in my opinion, in the league. Um, like I'm talking about like top notch, top notch. So it's all, it, 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 the ceiling is more traits dependent, uh, but I'm not going to necessarily say, okay, I think he's going to be, or, or, I think he, you know, if you're going to bet money, he's going to be a pro bowler because at this point, if he wasn't going to be a pro bowler, he would have already take, taken more drastic steps to get there. Um, and I, I'm not just going to assume, you know, technique is something, yeah, uh, theoretically you can fix technique. That's just something you have to work on. Um, but technique is not, is, at the same time, is not necessarily that easy to uh, to just perfect. Like it's, it's something you, you it's kind of a God-given ability to just be that smart and be able to keep your head square and throw your hands in the proper, you know, uh, spot when bolts are flying type deals. So um, could he be more than average? I, I think so because of his strength, the length, the, the athletic ability that he has. Um, but because he hasn't gotten there, and um, I can't just assume that all the technical flaws he's had throughout his career are automatically just going to become much better. Um, I'm not going to say that he died. I would bet him, bet on him doing that. But I would say if if, if I had to bet on him being a, like flaming out completely or being an average-ish, even a little bit below average tackle, which I think is higher than a lot of Jets fans' expectations of him. I would say I'd bet on that before I bet on him being a complete bust of a signing. So I think he might be near that near that average level. By if I had to bet, um, this is one I'm kind of, you know, not necessarily necessarily hitching a massive wagon to, but I'm, I'm hitching a slight wagon to it um, because this is this is the guy I've probably, like I said, I've been a little bit outspoken on in terms of thinking he's gonna be a little better than people expect now. With that, it's also just kind of defending myself a little bit. It's a little bit of a weird offseason for a guy to switch teams to get with a new offensive line with a new offensive line coach. So there might be a hiccup or two the first couple of weeks, uh, which you're going to see with a lot of position groups. So don't kill me too quick if you mess up a sack or two the first couple of weeks. But like I said, I'm definitely higher on him because of the progression I saw than others. Different team, different offensive line coach will be the same story with Greg Van Roten, although he'll be a lot more comfortable here, you would think, since he's from the area. You watched his tape, too. He's going to come in now and start for Brian Winters, who's gone. At one point, we thought there was going to be a competition, but the Jets decided $7 million was too much for a guy who was simply going to compete for a starting job. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. If they were going to keep Winters, the smart thing would have been to restructure his deal, but at $7 million, it was way too rich for their blood, and rightfully so. So now Van Roten is going to be the guy who is going to start at guard. You watched his tape. What did you see? Yeah, and with the Brian Withers thing too, like ideally because the Jets have obviously had tons of injury issues, and that was really prevalent last year. Would he have restructured? Did the Jets approach him about that? I, I don't know if they did or not because you know if, if they did want to restructure to what he got with Buffalo, which is like what I, I don't know, like around two million dollars, whatever it was. Um, maybe the Jets asked him to restructure. He said no. He had opportunity elsewhere, and he had a better chance of starting in Buffalo at guard than he does here. Like, I, don't, I don't know that situation, but obviously I would like 
uh, for that to happen, but it, it didn't obviously. And, you know, was it a good move either cutting him or, you know, keeping him as a death, death piece at seven and a half million dollars. I think the smarter move is to cut somebody who's making that much money to save that money rolled over into next year. So I'm fine with the move. It's a little bit weird timing, but we, we all expected him to be cut at some point. Um, it just leaked a little bit far into the off season, but it's a little bit of an odd off season, not, you know, obviously without, that it goes without saying. Um, so a little odd is the timing, but I, I agree with the move overall, saving that money for a guy who's going to be a backup. Um, now his replacement, Van Roden, uh, watched quite a bit of him. Again, this is a review that I posted on Jets X Factor. It's not up, uh, not yet. Depends on when this is posted, but uh, it'll be coming up soon. So I'll do the YouTube show on him. Um, he's an interesting guy. Uh, he's a guy who I would say I'm slightly higher on than other people. Um, there's like he, I'm a little bit higher on him and Fant than other people are with the offensive line. I'm a little bit lower on Lewis than other people are. Like there's there's a there's a balance. Um, but he's he's an interesting player in terms of like what he offers as well. He's not one of those super athletic guys like Fant or, or Beckett. You're not going to want to see him necessarily on a lot of like wide zone, outside zone runs, which leads me to believe the Jets are going to stick with their, their inside tight zone heavy scheme that they did last year. Even though those, those tackles could move again, they could, they, could, they could use both a tackle's athleticism and a guard's power uh, on the same play. You know, like I said, dart run, okay? You have Makai or you have uh, – Greg Van Roten blocking down on a on a two tech, which is taking advantage of his strength, while you have Beckton pulling on a on a on a dart. So there's ways to to work around guys' strengths and weaknesses on the offensive line. Um, so that's a, a positive. But Van Roten's more of those like short, stocky, uh, change of like short area explosion, change of direction guys, but not not a guy who's necessarily laterally explosive or, or laterally fluid who's you're going to want working to the second level um, all the time. But with saying that, he's, he's not a guy you want working on the second level in terms of, like, screen passes. But one of his major, major positives to me is he's a really good pulling guard, um, which is going to be interesting because typically teams run heavy formations with a strength to the right. That's just how it works. Um, the Jets this year, having Makai Becton leading the way or kicking out or blocking down on a three-tech to create room with, with Greg Van Roden pulling is going to be something I think you're going to see more than you typically would for other teams pulling to the left side, counters to the left side, things like that. And then even if you are going to pull, um, you know, both him and, and fan guys, uh, fans and guys would pull as well. So it's interesting. Like I said, I think they're going to, a little wrinkle, I think they're going to pull and do things more to the left side than some people uh, typically do or some other teams do. Uh, wide frame, not, not necessarily the longest arms. It was funny because I looked up his arm length uh, while I was watching film, and I was like, he doesn't have long arms, but he keeps he recovers well. I was like, I don't uh, in terms of like in recovering well where guys need arm length to do it. I was like, something is wrong here. Like, I'm watching the wrong stuff, whatever it may be, and then I realized that's really broad shoulders. So he doesn't have long arms. He's a really wide player. Um, he's he's a, kind of a unique build. Um, power in his anchor is, is evident even in positions where it's not he's not an advantageous position to get under a guy. Um, even if the guy's under his pad, his, his, his anchor is pretty strong. Uh, power in his punch. Uh, I like that he plays with his hands on guard. He plays pretty long. Um, he's, he has a nice uh, he's nice deep end and plays low when he's not engaged, which is a positive. Uh, even though he's more of a power guy, not long speed type of guy, um, his short area explosion is, is pretty good, um, which is which is nice to see. Um, he's one of those guys like Tristan Wirfs, where like even when he's off balance, he maintains his balance, which is a trait that 
Um, I, I listen for him. I, I like his effort. I like his motor. Um, I like his grip. I like his strong lower body. Uh, he has the tendency to, to rip and trap offensive linemen's or defensive linemen's hands or rushers' hands uh, when they start to lean into them, which is which is another good thing. Um, he attacks the, the the midpoint of guys. He doesn't attack high. He he will get his hands into the ribs, into the into the hips, which again, you know, you when you're trying to move a guy. Um, let's say on a combo block, you want to attack the hip because that's your center of mass. You don't want to uh, attack the upper body when you're attacking the upper body. Um, guys with a strong core can kind of absorb that power but keep their trunk where it is. So you want to attack the, the, the hip to move guys who does that properly. You know, he has a really good pulling ability. Like I said, his awareness on pulls is really good. His technique, uh, the tightness that he keeps in line of scrimmage is really good. He adjusts quickly on the fly uh, to moving parts on the, on the defense, which is uh, a really good thing. Um, and I think in terms of the run game overall, like he has a decent ability to move guys. He has decent patience in the run game, allowing guys to define themselves um, on zone plays. So uh, those are the positives that stick out. In the, the weaknesses, um, I would say he, he, has, he does have a tendency to reach a little bit, uh, lunge for blocks. He can be a little bit top-heavy um, at times where he doesn't take his feet with him. His feet are a little bit clunky at times. Again, whether or not the smoothest thing, he is more of like a power type guy, not the smoothest athlete in the world. Um, he's a little bit um, like his lateral athleticism is, is average. Um, there are times where he overcommits the blocks uh, too much, whether it be on a combo to the second level. Um, and one of the biggest weaknesses that I, that I think is, are, are his eyes um, at times when he's, when he's unblocked. Um, he has a tendency to, to leave his interior threat too much, uh, too soon. The interior guy will rush to the quarterback um, and get the hit because he should have helped the center where he has a tendency to look outside and, and look to plow guys over um, who are rushing on the edge um, and, and leaving that interior gap uh, way too soon. So I think he needs to be more patient playing inside to out, not outside to in uh, when he's unblocked. And that could have been a little bit to defend him. That could have been a little bit because I believe it was Greg Little, who's the left tackle who was left there two years ago in Carolina, who was dreadful, like absolutely dreadful. Um, so maybe it was kind of like he had like some PTSD from him getting beat all the time and trying to help the offensive line out, but he still needs to do his job. So there's times where he gets beat on the inside where he, he necessarily shouldn't have been. Um, you see him, you know, oversetting at times. You see him uh, with his spacing and depth and, and pass sets is a little bit inconsistent. You see his feet that can stall. Uh, there's times where he, he won't cover the gaps like he should with his hips, like we talked about before. Um, there's times where he shoots with his, with his inside hand, uh, which opens his hips, allowing guys to get to the outside of him. I think he needs better control overall. So he has the weaknesses for sure with his technique. Um, different player than Fant, different player than Beckton, different player than Lewis, different player than McGovern. I think, you know, you can't, it's, it's hard to just compare one guy to the other, but, um, an interesting player who, again, um, is taking steps in the right direction, a little bit older. I believe it's 31, 32. Um, he's not a guy who I think can can like he doesn't have the ceiling that Fant does considering any experience um and age. I, I think if you get a below average guy um who's on the field for the Jets, you, you'd be happy with the signing considering what they signed him for. So if he's in that twenty two to twenty five range of guards, I, I think that's fine for a year or two while they look to, to draft the, the new right guard or left guard um of the future. Obviously, you know, you're hoping Beckton works out, you're hoping Clark works out, your McGovern should be here for another three, four years. Um, that right guard position is is a question and something I think needs to be will most likely be replaced next year or the next year after that. And if fan is a huge question mark where he could be here for five years potentially or he could be gone next year. So um, I think that right guard, right tackle position are the biggest 
um, question marks right now. Um, even though Lewis, I think, has to be replaced too. But I, I think you're going to have Clark there after after year one. I, I have some faith he's going to be the long-term starting guard here. It's just not immediately. So um, a good signing for considering what, what he was paid. Um, relatively reliable, uh, more of a pass guy than a, than a run guy. Um, even though he does have probably, I'm not going to say that, that Beckton, but he, has, he does have enough power uh, to, to move guys in, in the run game as well. He seems to be more consistent with his hand placement and his hips and his footwork. Um, offensive lineman, it's, it's such an anchor. Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's such an anchor, intri- intricate? That's the word. There we go. Jesus. Uh, position <laughs> that uh, I could sit here for hours explaining his foot where he should have took a he should have took an on step or a near step instead of a drop step or a zero step. Like we can do that all day. Um, but for the sake of your listeners, I'm not going to do that. I know this is called quick hits for a reason. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's about it on, on Van Roten. Do you think Van Roten has the potential to at least be an upgrade over Winters? Like you said, maybe he's not a guy that's going to be even average, but Winters was hurt a lot, and then he was very up and down when he did play. Do you think he has a chance to give the Jets at least a better level of play than Winters did? Yeah, uh, mainly because of the injuries. He hasn't had as many injuries as Winters. Um, I would say he's more of a consistent player than Winters, but his ceiling isn't as as high as Winters because Winters did have some good athletic ability. He had decent power, not great power, but he was more of an athlete. Um, ben Van Roden, so yeah, he, he has the higher ceiling. He would flash some really, really top-notch plays. But then the next play, I have a mental lapse and give up a sack. So, like, uh, I would say Van Roden's ceiling and, and, and flashy plays aren't as high as Winters were, were, but he's more consistent. And if I'm talking about flash plays but inconsistent versus more consistent and less flash plays, I'm definitely taking the, the, uh, the more consistent player, which I think Van Roden is. So, uh, an upgrade, yes. A huge upgrade, no, but I, I think if Winters was a little bit more consistent and he was healthy, uh, Jets fans would have a much better outlook on, on what Winters was. Because he was on the field, he was a below average guard, but a starting level guard in the NFL. Van uh, Roden, the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a slight upgrade uh, because of the consistency and the, and, the, and the health. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Joe, there's a little bit of a worry among Jets fans, and understandably so, because at inside linebacker, while Avery Williamson is coming back, and that's good, C.J. Mosley's going to miss another season here with the Jets. Last year it was because of injury. This year he's opted out due to coronavirus concerns. So there's a vacancy there. Last year we saw a lot of Hewitt and Burgess. Cashman's back now from injury, so he's in the mix. But the one that's interesting to me is Peanut. And I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because I know I'm going to butcher it. So until I'm confident that I can get it right, and that's probably going to happen after a couple of games this season when I hear the announcers call his name out on television, I'm going to refer to him by his nickname Peanut. But he is the linebacker that was brought over here from the Ravens, played with C.J. Mosley for quite a bit, and now he's looking to step in and take C.J. Mosley's spot as an inside linebacker in the starting lineup for the Jets in 2020. Now, at the moment, he's hurt, so he's not going to start right away, but there is the possibility that when he comes back, he could take over the starting spot from Hewitt or even Cashman if Cashman takes over for Hewitt at some point, which is a distinct possibility. You watched his film, from what I understand, good athlete, really quick, has some real strengths, but... He's kind of rough around the edges in some areas. So, what did you see when you watched his film? Yeah, I I, I think the pronouncement or the pronouncement is Patrick a new a new uh I now screwed up. I think it's a new a new Wostar. <laughs> I, I, I it, it is hard. I think on on the is easier, but on Wostar something whatever it is. But yep, peanuts the best way to do it until we until we hear. Somebody else do it, and then if we're pronouncing it wrong at that time, uh, we can blame it on, on the announcer, not just ourselves for being stupid. But it's not necessarily the easiest name to pronounce. Um, yeah, now, obviously, Mosley opting out is, is, a, is a huge blow to the defense. That That's arguably your best player on your team um, if he was what he was at the beginning of the 2018 season. Um, so you're, you're arguing him or Bell. Um, <clears throat> so it, it definitely hurts the defense. Now you have to worry about who is going to be the second string inside linebacker, obviously, with any team, whether it be three, four, four, three, the backup inside linebacker is going to play a, a heavy, uh, get a heavy, uh, you know, snap count. Um, obviously, you know, you could you could kind of hide linebackers a little bit if you play more safeties, if you play more nickel, whatever it might be. Um, so you don't have to play him, but inevitably, the second string guy is going to play at least quite a few reps, um, maybe without just as heavy of an emphasis um, as. You know, if the Jets were to have both Williamson and, uh, you know, a guy um, in Mosley. So they're going to probably throw some more DBs out there a little bit. Maybe Davis now benefits from this or McDougald or whoever it may be in the secondary getting a little bit more reps because Mosley's out. Um, but like you said, I, I think that's a pretty good description. I, you probably leave it there at the podcast. A uh, really good athlete, but rough around the edges. That, that describes a lot of what he is. Um, really good athlete, like I said, uh, top end speed, lateral agility. Um, him being only six foot two thirty, um, you'd assume that he can't blow up guys in the run game or blow up a, a guard. He can, like he, he has really good aggression. Uh, thumps for his size. He has a quick back pedal. He he takes good, he has a good quick exit angle to get back in coverage, um, which allows Greg Williams and will allow Greg Williams to disguise some coverages with him. Uh, he has the ability to play in that deep Tampa role and cover two defense, which would be a good way to disguise it. The Jets disguised a lot with Brian Poole last year, and typically it's the inside linebacker. And now they have uh, Peanut who could do that a little bit as well. So that's a positive. The overall agility, the acceleration, the, like I said, staying at the offensive lineman, uh, the fluidity, 
the, the power to, to force and squeeze runs is really good. Um, and the aggressive mindset to, to look to, to, to lay hits and to get hands-on to the alignment is really good. Uh, the ability to play in zone coverage because of that athleticism, the ability to match tight ends and running back because of that athleticism, um, the ability to, to create some havoc, uh, penetrating gaps or being the picker on stunts, all there. He has the ability. Now the question is, does he do it technically and with enough consistency, which the answer is no. Um, the weaknesses now, you know, the size, um, his hand, I don't think, that, even though he's an aggressive blitzer, like he's, he's a weird blitzer because, He's, he's effective in roles where he actually to blow up guys. And in terms of like a picker, uh, if you got to pick a guy, allowing another guy to loop behind him, that, he's effective there. If he's going to be in a blitzing role where you're disguising the blitz or setting up the blitz where he's going to come free and untouched and you want him to get to the quarterback quickly, uh, yeah, he's effective in that role. But if he's going to be in a situation where he's one-on-one with an offensive lineman and expected to use his lateral agility or his hands against an offensive lineman, he doesn't do it. He kind of just runs into guys. Um, and, and hopes the bull rush them, um, even though he doesn't do it with great hand puts. Like he doesn't get his elbows locked like he should. He doesn't get uh, requisite pad level. Uh, there's a lot of areas he struggles in bull rushes. And if you're not, and if you're already 230 pounds, you know you're not going to be able to bull rush an offensive lineman um, <clears throat> nearly as much as, as much as a bigger guy. But now you compile that with the fact that he doesn't have good technique in his bull rushes. It's really going to happen. So he's not the most effective blitzer when he's actually asked to defeat an offensive lineman. Uh, slow to diagnose plays. Um, his zone coverage was a lot of spot dropping, so there wasn't a lot of thinking um, and having to process multiple guys running running in and out of in, in and out of his zones, um, whether it be the three becoming the two, the, the, the two to the three, the four to the three, whatever. He doesn't have that process, so he kind of just drops back and hopes he can get taken into the throwing lane by the quarterback, which does not work uh, a lot in the NFL. Um, he'll struggle to disengage versus offensive linemen again, whether it be blitzing or in the run game. Um, because he doesn't use his hands. He doesn't know how to set himself up. Uh, he's easily manipulated by the quarterback's eyes, like I said, with that zone coverage. He doesn't match guys in his zone. He, he depends 100% or, or let's say 95% on a quarterback's eyes, which uh, if it's a good quarterback, they're going to look you off and they're not going to throw, not going to stare down a guy over the middle and throw it to him very often, like I said, unless it's a bad uh, quarterback. Um, comes into tackles uncontrolled. Uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies. Um, with his technique overall, like I'm, like I'm listing, uh, you know, he'll get sucked up into play action uh, too far. He'll get sucked into traffic on run plays. He won't take consistent angles in the run game. Like there's a ton of inconsistencies. So he's a player who Greg Williams is not going to want to ask to think a lot, uh, whether that be in a blitz, like I said, as a picker, you know, you blow up these two guys, allow the looper to get around. Uh, loop around and bend the edge and make and get the sack. Chase down this guy. Be a quarterback spy, which is not a lot of thinking. Um, play guys in man coverage. There's less thinking in man coverage than zone coverage. Um, play more simple zones on backside of concepts more than front side of concepts would be ideal. Uh, run and chase. Be a run and chase linebacker. You know, ask him to be a will. Um, instead of that micro Sam where a lot of concepts will be running at you quickly where you have to think a lot and process it a lot and do I squeeze here? Um, you know, do do I uh, you know, pinch the inside and let the run bounce outside? There's a lot of things that he's gonna be asked to do on the front side of that. So you're gonna wanna ask him uh, to be that run and chase guy, to to play man coverage again, to blitz, but in terms of being like the full string or the full second string linebacker where he's not ever going to be 
guy you want to rely on to be the full-time second string guy where he's always going to come in as that second linebacker. Like there's going to be different roles you're going to ask him to play. Like I said that I explained that he's not going to be thinking as much um, where, okay, if it's like a rundown and you know it's going to be a rundown, you, you might want Hewitt in the game um, if you're asking to think a little bit more. That's where Hewitt excels more in the run game. Uh, if you are going to ask him to play in zone coverage, maybe maybe it's Cashman. Um, other than that, you know, the, the other guys aren't really – I think it's going to be mainly those four guys. Obviously, Williamson's the starting guy. So, he's going to be used in a, in a multitude of ways where, it's, where he's taking advantage of his aggression. So, Joe, like you said, great athlete, plenty of upside. What do you think? Could he potentially turn into a long-term starter? Is this somebody that could even – potentially be a replacement for Avery Williamson after 2020? No, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, again, it's, it's the athleticism versus uh, technique versus awareness slash smart knowledge of the game overall. Um, it's something like, like, like factually, yeah, you could fix that, but to fix all that stuff, you know, already in your, in your fourth year, getting a decent amount of reps, um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think technique and awareness is something you just can build on at 27 years old and become a you know an, a, a, a top notch. Well, not a top notch, a starting linebacker. I don't think he's a starting linebacker. I think he's a he's a role linebacker. You ask to do specific things, like I said, man coverage, or you know, if you're trying to disguise the defense, then you're going to ask him to take an absurd ang- exit angle, take advantage of that athleticism or blitz. Like yeah, he's going to do those things, but in terms of on a down to down basis, uh, asking him to do everything that linebackers have to do and process what they have to do. Uh, I just don't think he's, he's consistent enough at this point or has shown at any level of uh, – shown any level of consistent consistency. I, I think is, – is that something you could say? <laughs> so I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I think at, at best you're going to be a guy who can do some different things as like your third string inside linebacker who might be taking, you know, 40%, 35% of reps in the season. Like I think that's his best role. This is a guy who – uh, I feel like with with Fant and uh, Van Roden a little higher on this year, um, and and uh, Peanut, I think I might be a little bit lower on than Fant. So I, I don't think they're going to be a, a full time starting inside linebacker. I, I think the Jets, let's say if if Williamson was to go, or Mosley's here for at least another two years. So let's say Williamson was to go next year, I still think they're going to have to address that position. Um, obviously, now you have a guy in, in Cashman here hoping to. Um, take that, that next step up and be that backup inside linebacker, that second string guy, which I think he has the potential too, but this is not a Blake Cashman uh, episode or not talking about him. So I, I don't think it's peanut. I don't think he has a very good shot at that. I'm not going to never, I'm never going to say never, maybe it's 5%, you know, so that's pretty low. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no on that one. Joe Blewett breaking down the film like only he can. And you can get the full video breakdowns of this, of course, at JetsXFactor.com where he does Blue It's Blitz. Joe, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it as always. Talk a little bit about what you've got in store at JetsXFactor.com coming down the pike because I know that there's a ton of film reviews that you're working on as we get ready for the season. Uh, yeah, it's listen, pretty much I have every single Jets new edition done. Like that's, that's what it is. Like you can go to the podcast app, and you type in Blue Splits, you're going to get the audio version. Um, or you can go into, obviously, the YouTube, which is the most beneficial. And all the things I talk about with lateral athleticism and hand placement and, and cuff techniques or gallops or uh, off coverage and opening your hips, like everything I talk about that people are probably like, why do I care about this or whatever, like you're, you're going too much in depth, 
if you're actually interested in learning about your players, I, I think it's the best place to do it instead of just hearing the same um, rhetoric that you always hear, oh, this guy's bad or good in this, and then you actually watch the film and you're like, no. Like, recent example, just think about the cash because you just brought him up. I were hearing throughout the draft process that he never misses tackles, um, which I'm sure plenty of people reiterated. And then I watched the first game and he missed like two tackles. I'm like, what are people talking about? <laughs> like, he misses tackles. So um, the film does not lie. Uh, I frequently have Marcus Coleman on to break down any type of secondary players, whether that be like a receiver, defensive back, um, defensive back, whether it be a safety or, or a corner. So I have everybody done on the YouTube channel, but by the time you listen to this, I'm probably going to have Van Roden up. Um, and then I'm getting Quincy Wilson up, Gore up, and Cager up. But I have the entire Jets draft class. I have this year. I have Perryman. Um, you know, even old ones. I have Mosley and Bell and Darnold and Adam Gason's offense. I have uh, everything up there. So uh, check out the YouTube show there. Um, and I appreciate you having me on. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you again in a month when you don't even ask me how I'm doing really. So. <laughs> Plenty to look forward to over at JetsXFactor.com as always as Joe breaks down the film. So make sure that you head over there and check out what he's working on and follow him on Twitter at JoeRB31. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help at the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.